You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. All right. So, Save Our Parks Volume 4. They are 0 for 1 for actually saving parks, but Shane Gillis, Mark Norman, and Ari Shafia are on form in this episode. I have no idea why Ari decided that it was a good idea to challenge Shane Gillis to a drinking competition. That seems like a terrible plan, and it really kind of unraveled into that, but it was hilarious. Yeah, uh, I feel like we should probably chug some Bud Lights right now, but I don't have any, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? It wasn't Bud Light that they were um, shotgunning, was oh, it? Oh, absolutely. I didn't see the actual video. It makes sense. No, it was okay. absolutely Bud Light. I wasn't sure Light. if it was like, if it was a White Claw or something easier. Kind of, you know, I'm proud of um, uh, Mark Norman. It sounded like he drank a little bit more than usual. He's doing his best, but obviously kept his composure and, you know, had some ridiculous one-liners. The whole his like word association game was oh, was, was almost it. too much to deal with. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was killing it. I mean, well, look, that you get those type of guys together that have been friends for what 10, 20 years. I mean, how long have those guys known each other? They obviously are homies from way back. At least a decade. I know that Aries known Joe for quite a bit longer, but yeah, they're all becoming very close friends. Uh, the best. Uh, one liner for me was was uh, the Jack Reacher comment. It was excellent. What was that one? It was just so many good ones. I don't know. It was just like <laughs> something about reaching around, a reach around. I'm not sure. <laughs> excellent. Hey man. Yeah. I just. But I mean, yeah. What was it? I just love five thousand dollar bet. I thought it was only a thousand bucks. What did it? Did it end up being five? I don't know. I don't even know how serious it was. I mean, obviously, Ari was never going to win, so it might as well have been a million. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a tough challenge. I mean, look, my, I always love it when you know you get a you get a group of guys together and and you drink a little. You're having some fun. It was nice to see Joe kind of open up and and be himself and let loose a little bit. You know, he doesn't always do that. He's always talking about discipline and. You know he's Joe Rogan. He's he's a he's an important guy. It's nice to see him uh, get a little tuned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, in a way, still you still see what he would be like to do that with. Like he's never the most messed up. He's like still keeping it together, making sure people are on track, while a few others just kind of go off the rails. And uh, obviously, Shane Gillen, he he seemed to like sober up as the pod went on he was like more sober at the end in the weirdest way the guy's an animal did you um i i had a couple notes here before i forget i had a um i didn't realize that there were these private browsers have you heard of this this blaze and duck duck go 
Oh yeah, Joe, Joe talks about DuckDuckGo a lot. I don't, I don't think I've ever even used them though. I feel like I need to use them because you know lately I've been talking about pools for my kid, and all of a sudden it's like all this little kid shit's coming up on my Facebook. It's you know we've got Alexa in here, so Alexa is listening to our conversations every day. Who knows what's going to come up next? Oh, you getting paranoid? I don't know if I'm paranoid. It's just it's just nice to know that there's a browser out there that would block you from at least supposedly block you from you know people hearing it listening in into your conversation i mean just i think i don't think that they're listening dude i think that it's shit you type in your phone or the in google yeah but dude and you people just forget that they type it in and then it shows up and it's actually stuff you would talking about so uh what about what about air, right. what about airplane flights though what about you know picking flights on kayak or google flights and then all of a sudden you go back the next day you didn't pick up your flight and then it's like double the price has that happened to you yeah but that's the same as i just said you typed it in they know you want it they save that and then they add 50 bucks yeah but doesn't duck duck go stop that from happening isn't that the point I they probably do, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that even happens. To be honest, like yeah. I think sometimes it seems like it does, but it might just be that you didn't go back to the flight for a week, and now the prices have changed. I don't know, buddy. Seems a little fishy, but all right. Moving well, on. You could download it then. It's free. <laughs> Give it a shot. See what you think. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Talking about conspiracy theories. Uh, they got into the Oklahoma City bomb thing. What do you remember of that whole event? Because <sighs> when did that even happen? Was that the early 80s? No, it was early 90s. It was but... early 90s. You and I were oh, was? we were okay. old enough to remember. I mean, I, we were probably, what, like 10? Yeah, but I lived in England. It wasn't oh, yeah. the same story it was here. That's why I'm wondering what, what it felt like when you lived through that. I mean, I I remember seeing it on the news. The the weird thing is, I I remember it being close to the first Iraq War as well, when when George uh, Bush Senior was our commander in chief, unfortunately. And yeah, it, I remember that because my uncle was actually in Kuwait, so I I do remember that pretty specifically. Um, but the Oklahoma bombing, I think, was right around that time. Um, and I just remember seeing it on TV, you know, like a bunch of explosions. It was like a fertilizer plant, right? No, I think it was a fertilizer bomb that they took to like a government building and then blew up half the building with it. But but these guys were saying that maybe it wasn't a fertilizer bomb, right? That was the conspiracy is that, that that was probably a lie. Is that what they were saying? I think so, yeah. I mean... I what do I know about those types of bombs? But Joe said he spoke to a bomb expert, and they that guy said it's very unlikely that a bomb made of that stuff could blow so much of a building up. But then it's like, okay, but what the hell does that mean then? That they put another bomb in there? Well, it's like were they saying that he was part of the MK Ultra? Is that how the whole MK Ultra conversation got started? Yeah, supposedly he was. I don't know if it was the MK Ultra one. I, it was like the Harvard LSD trials, which were different. Which Kaczynski but was they in. Definitely as well, right? had. Well, he is the Unabomber. 
Right. So Kaczynski was part of the Harvard thing, which is the same as MK Ultra. It was it just in a different lab, right? I mean, it's a si- similar, uh, no, similar th- thing. Well, it's similar, but MK Ultra was like the CIA project. Gotcha. I don't know if they're related. Do you know that they're related? I don't know enough about those two things. Honestly, I think they're separate LSD trials. Yeah, I just know that it's testing subjects using lysergic acid dethetamine or however you pronounce it. But yeah, it's using LSD on subjects to see if they can get them. You know, I think originally they were trying to create a truth serum was the original thought, right? It's something like that, yeah. And that or, clearly, or like that clearly sort of mind control didn't work. I mean, people are just laughing no. their asses off and running around telling them everybody how much they love each other. Yeah, I wonder what the process is to like doing a lot of acid and then ending up wanting to like blow up a building. That seems like a big stretch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess if you give somebody enough of any kind of drug, it just depends. I mean, who knows how much he was taking? Who, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy to think. I mean, they were talking about Charles Manson. There was all sorts of conspiracies they were talking about. Um, you know, Char- mm-hmm. Charles being a part of a, a similar thing. Was that in Harvard? Was that at Harvard as well? No, he's... That was the MK Ultra one. They think he's connected to like the CIA thing. I still got to read that book that Joe keeps talking about. Me too. Um, that yeah, it's it sounds like. I mean, the guy obviously did his research. What was it like? Twenty five years of researching the book, and it's all about Manson and the CIA and giving people acid, and that just sounds so crazy. It's like, what are you doing, guys? Yeah, I, I don't understand alone. it. I mean, what was the point? Mm-mm. What what was the point? I mean, were they just trying to see what LSD would do to people's brains so that they could, like, fuck with other prisoners when we had prisoners of war? Was Like, like is that why they would do it? I don't really get it. Who knows? I mean, you know, this is the 70s, so they're trying to figure out any way they can to, like, get one up on things and you know that technology back then was kind of sloppy so was nixon so maybe they were just trying out i mean again technically everything is like approved right through the government but i i've got a feeling these agencies like the cia and everything i i don't know what kind of checks and balances there are on them they're kind of like free agents to just take money and go figure shit out and hope they can hide it if it all goes wrong yeah, I mean, did you read any of those Jackal books? I can't think of the author right now, but How to Be a Jackal or, you know. Mm-mm. Okay, anyways, it, it was a former CIA agent, and he, he wrote a couple books. Um, I believe it was called To Be a Jackal. Um, anyway, similar stuff where, like, the CIA is completely corrupt. They're doing drug runs. They're going into Venezuela and, you know trading bombs for coke and i mean all sorts of shit you've heard it yeah yeah i know some of that stuff for sure i mean it's just what it's almost like some of those things you don't even want to know you really don't yeah it'll just upset it, it you would be just oh of course it I'm, would it would just freak you out and you wouldn't trust the government at all i mean maybe that's why kaczynski went awol dude there you go Hmm. yeah it's probably something like that Oh, they watched that video of that cop getting attacked by the dude with a hatchet. Did you actually oh, see that video? I, I didn't zoom in on it, no, but I heard him laughing, like, going ape shit when, they, when it was happening. Did you watch it? 
yeah, it's such a wacky video. It's like crazy. The guy stops and like doesn't quite stop his car that well. So the cop like has a second to be like, all right, something weird is happening here. And that's kind of how I guess he was able to prepare a little bit because he didn't catch him massively off guard. Like he did a bit. And luckily for him and his training or just however he did it, he was able to kind of position himself. But man, he didn't have a lot of time. He could have one wrong step, one wrong move, and this guy would have been on him. And it was just a dude like stopping his car in a traffic stop, running at a cop with a hatchet. Crazy. What was what was that other thing they they were they showed? I can't remember if it was before or after what you just mentioned with the hatchet, but it was the it was like the power plant that got targeted. Oh yeah, like a bunch of what sounds like pretty highly trained individuals went and fucked up a power plant. Right. And it just, it goes to show how, what was Joe talking about? How how he couldn't sleep the night before this pod because he was thinking about weird shit. Like what would, you know, what would screw up the human race quickly? You know, the fastest thing that would screw us Mm -hmm. up is just getting rid of all electricity. Yeah. He had jock itch. So it kept him up because he was sweaty. And and then because he's like uncomfortable and can't sleep, his mind immediately goes to how quickly the fabric of society (laughs) will fall to pieces, which I think in different ways we all kind of do, though, right? We all kind of sit there and start. If you can't sleep, you usually do end up like worrying about stuff that you have very little control over. And you're, like, adding worry to problems that aren't even that big of a deal. But it just happens, you know, because you're kind of irritated and you can't sleep. Yeah. But he makes some good points. It's like if COVID showed us anything or, like, the big storm they had down in Texas, you know, Joe gives the example, like, oh, the power goes out for a week. Dude, if the power went out for a week, people would start to fall to pieces pretty quickly. Yeah. No. Ex- it's, it's just reasonable. It just would happen. And the and you, the people you would notice that don't are people that really kind of are more off the grid and isolated and have workarounds. But to, to even say, oh, the answer is a bunch of generators, it's like, well, you if the power's out, dude, you're going to run out of fuel real fast too. Like all of that shit's going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely scary to think about. I, it, it reminds me of... It, you know, if we ran, you know, the rubber trees, what are those in like Kuala Lumpur or something in, in uh, you know, the, the Pacific uh, somewhere? Sri Lanka. Is it in Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka has a lot of rubber. Yeah. So if those trees were to get diseased, have you heard this? Like if those trees were to get diseased, we would be out of rubber and it would completely crash the entire, aeros- you know, airplane industry. Just gone. Really? Yeah, because they have to have real rubber you cannot make a synthetic rubber that is strong enough for airplanes it's it's absolutely impossible from from what this documentary was talking about yeah so if like those rubber trees were to get some sort of you know bug or disease it it reminded me of that because what are you what are you going to do i mean people need to travel yeah i mean it there, there would be a bunch of things like that. I mean, when you don't have an alternative and you're relying on nature, and nature, in if it's very specific to, like, just one type of tree that could get infected, I mean, yeah, we could be in big trouble. I mean, we almost are, right, with, with what's going on with wheat and Ukraine and that, you know, export of wheat. Right. I, like, I didn't know that so much wheat came from one place. It's like we really need to be spreading out 
all these resources because it starts to show what happens if one place closes down and we're like, I'm sorry, guys, this is where we get all the hats from. But and now we're like, we have no hats, no hats are they, for anyone. Are they just saying that, though? I mean, I feel like when, when they say the Putin price hike on the gas and this and that, I've, there's more to it than just Putin, okay? That's just an excuse in my mind for corporations to jack a bunch of shit up. <laughs> I mean, probably. Who who knows <laughs> what there is to Like, right? It's like, yeah, we're, we're doing our best trying to figure this out, but... It, that's why yeah, we shotgun we Bud know. Lights, boy. That's why you got to shotgun a Bud Light at least every now and again, and on special occasions like this pod. We really should have saved one for it, out of respect. It was great that Jamie joined in with that and shotgunned a beer. I don't remember him ever doing that on the podcast. I had never seen it. What a ledge. Yeah, ledge. And then, yeah, and finishing up just again with Ari puking. <laughs> Pretty much his guts out, bless him. Worth worth a watch. And yeah, a real mess, a real mess. And he did, he didn't listen to Rogan at all. Rogan was like, "Don't throw up in here." He's like, "No, I won't," and still did. Like he just, I love him because he just doesn't give a shit. But poor Rogan, he was like, "Damn it, those poor God, guys." Was this shit. Those poor guys would be hung over for freaking six <laughs> days after that one. No doubt. <clears throat> All right, let's jump over to Mike Judge. Um, first off, you gotta love the like resume of movies that he's done. The fact that he even brought us Beavers and Butthead, and I don't know if you remember, like back in the day. I mean, I was living in England when Beavers and Butthead came out, but it really was like ridiculously revolutionary. I think the show started out where it was them watching music videos oh, yeah. and then they would kind of like talk about it in between but they were always good music videos and it, it kind of expanded into its own episodes and own series but it was just such a wild show dude i i have fond memories of beavis and butthead both um cornholio mm-hmm. was was beavis, Come on. and then who who was butthead i am the cornholio was was beavis butthead was what something about no I can't remember what what Butthead's uh, nickname was because Beavis was I am the cor- oh, I am the character. I have TP for me bunghole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a and the other guy just like chuckled a lot. They were just ridiculous. Yeah, he just chuckled. And it was brilliant. It was it was brilliant. And we all kind of knew people like that too. In a way, we're like, yeah, you're basically Beavis and Butthead. I mean, at least at your high school, you knew a couple of people that you were like, yeah, that's them, for sure. I mean, it was st- it was stupid humor, man, but it worked and it was new. It was fresh, you know. It was a it was a cartoon. Mm. People love cartoons. You can say whatever you want with a cartoon, which is great. I mean, look at how, I mean, look at South Park. South Park is insane, and Beavis and Butthead was was that before South Park, or it was right around the same um, time? I can't remember. No, it was before. Yeah, it was yeah, before. It was. I think South Park was like ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead was around in the early 94, 90s. 94, yeah. I'm pretty 93, sure. 94. Yeah, about that. So it kind of got in there early. I mean, you can. You can just get away with murder on um, cartoons because it's it's not real people. So anything can happen to them. And also next week, you can just bring them back fine. Like, none of the plot needs to line up. You can just go nuts with it. Well, they said that... I mean, how many times did they kill Kenny and nobody... nobody <laughs> was ever like hey that doesn't make sense so 
they said the new movie Beavis and Butthead two just came out right yesterday. What was what's today? Mm-hmm. Just came out no a few days ago on on June twenty fourth. So we're gonna have to go watch that. Paramount Plus. Um, so yeah, that's pretty radical. I'm glad he got the rights to it back. It sounded like Mike Judge figured out a way to get fifty percent of Beavis and Butthead back after basically selling the whole thing. It just seems like MTV was like such a shit show to work with early on. Well, dude, what did he say? Like, they were going to be a pain in the ass. Eighteen thousand bucks or something. He sold it for, and you know he was young. He didn't know any better, but that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, when you're super broke, maybe eighteen thousand bucks is a good deal. True, I mean, that that can change lives. And you know what was this in the early nineties? I mean, what would that be, be the equivalent of? Maybe like fifty grand. That could do a lot for a completely broke artist and director. True. I mean, what he was probably in his twenties at that point, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, no dude, but like Office Space. I mean. To me, Office Space is one of the top ten movies of all time. It's so good. It's so good. I wish you would have talked about it more. I was like curious to, Honestly, to hear yeah. more. He about just said it. it was difficult. It was hard to make, low budget, like a real struggle. If you guys haven't seen that, too, definitely go and watch Office Space. I mean, yeah, it just it's so it's fucking good. I mean, Idiocracy is equally as good in its own way. I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's it. They're different, right? They're too different. I, I don't so. even know if they compare. I mean, they're both hilarious, but in my mind, dude, like Office Space just like hits a chord with me more because I I just know what it's like to be in an office and how much it sucks. And it, he just he just fucking crushes every little skit that they do I, I mean it's just perfect when they're like smashing the printer and it's like die motherfucker die motherfucker kill <laughs> so good <laughs> and he's like driving so to work good. he's driving to work and listening to fucking rap and he he like pulls up to some like some dude and rolls up the window and turns down the the music because he's all scared because he's like this dorky white dude listening to fucking gangster rap Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it definitely highlights how su- shitty life can be when you work in a cubicle job. Uh, I mean, it does it better than anything else. It's like something we all knew, you know, but nobody ever talked about. And it was kind of like the revenge of that. It's like if one day you just went in and were like, I am sick of this life. I don't even care anymore. I'm just yeah. doing whatever I want. And because it's corporate, too, it's like they couldn't just fire him right away. They even started to, like, actually like him and respect him and want to know his views on things. He, like, inadvertently became, like, a bit of a leader at the office. Because he didn't give a fuck. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, wow, you seem uh, pretty confident. We want to know how you do this, what what you're thinking. He tapped into some fun stuff on that movie, for sure. Yeah. For sure, man. I was I, I was definitely. I don't remember they, it. They talked about that more, but yeah, go ahead. No, but I don't. I don't remember a lot of idiocracy. I remember enjoying it, but I just don't a hundred percent remember like a ton of the. I mean the plot to it, other than like the world was all fucked up, and he went into the future, so, and they had like ridiculous shit, like instead of water out of the fountains, it was like Gatorade or energy power or something. 
Yeah, it was Gatorade for sure. And I, I think the biggest thing, well, at least what Joe was going over with, with Mike Judge was talking about, um, which is a scary thought because I think it's already happening, is that smart people aren't procreating. And so you got all these dumb motherfuckers that are having like six, seven, eight kids, you know, with no education. And then like, you know, these super smart, you know, more educated (laughs) individuals are deciding not to have children. And that I think that's kind of the basis behind idiocracy. That's kind of the the thought behind it is that we are moving towards that as we speak. Mm hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible. But at the same point, maybe that's kind of always how it's been, you know? Because people maybe even way in the past, well, maybe people way in the past, like they get busy, they get successful, they start working really hard, and they don't, they just don't have the time for kids. I mean, obviously there was less contraception in the past, so people were just popping them out whenever they pop them out. But you could imagine that they're, could be like a similar process that happens i mean i'm gonna call bullshit like think about well but think about people that are like more connected to politics of the past they have a this is before like newspapers before the internet before a lot of information is traveling and if they're well connected right they're like the mayor of a town or they're just in business or politically connected, they have a big, like a broader idea of kind of what's going on nationally and globally just through their network of people they know. And life is hard. Maybe there's difficult times and they're thinking, you know what, this really isn't the time to be doing it. But if you just live in like a smaller village, you're a farmer, you need a bunch of people to work on your farm, you're like, right, we got to pop out kids. That's number one. So we have workers. And we don't really know what the hell is going on around us, but we seem to have just about enough food. So let's keep making more kids. Well, there you go, buddy. You have summed up the reason why our nation is getting dumber and dumber. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Are we sure that's happening now? I don't know if people are getting dumber. I, I don't know if people are getting dumber, but, you know, I think sometimes politics are going backwards. But, you know, idiocracy... If you watch the movie, I mean, similar things are happening in 2022, and that's that's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's a scary thought to think, uh, you know, that people would be stoked about Gatorade coming out of the drinking fountains, and I think a lot of people would be stoked about that right right now. Oh, <laughs> dude, talking about that, I just saw this new release drink. And I don't know if you've seen it. Mountain Dew is coming out with an like an alcoholic version. Oh and boy! Like selling it. How it's many? Like how a, many carbs you know, in that bad boy? It actually said zero sugars, so it's like a white claw. It's like zero calorie, but it's obviously Mountain Dew infused, which God knows what kind of chemicals they're using. And I think they were like five percent. Wow. Well, you've seen those kids in the South with their all their teeth missing because they drink Mountain Dew every day. You've seen some of those reality shows. I, speaking of MTV, mm-hmm. I think it was on, I think it was on MTV back in the day. Um, oh, that was an actual show. Who knows? But we'll have to try some. We'll Don't bring pick some. on the South, bro. We'll bring pick some to people. the stewed. All right, we try Mount. We, we shotgun one just to see what it does. See how much energy we get. So what else did Probably you get? What else did you get from Mr. Mike Judge? I 
I was hoping for more out of Mike because he's a hilarious dude. Um, yeah, he's he's not like the most uh, kind of exciting, inspiring podcaster. I mean, you you want to be a fan of him in order to kind of sit through the whole conversation, which happens. I mean, it's probably the same with a lot of our podcasts. I mean, it just is how it is. But um, yeah, he was he had his stories, but he. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't seem like he was all that kind of pumped to be there, or maybe that's just how he always is. I know I've heard him on Rogan before. I don't remember how he was, um, but yeah, he just kind of, it's like a very calm and chill conversation, and I think Joe kind of had to work hard to pull out some interesting points from him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to hear a little bit more about the movies he's done and the movie he currently just put out. Um, that would have been sweet. I mean, they talked about pigs for a while. That was cool, learning about pigs. Like, what did it say? After two months, if you take a domestic pig and let it go run free in the wild, after two months it basically starts becoming a boar. Yeah, that's so weird. That, that was that crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Imagine if everything did that. Like, your dog runs away for a couple of months and, like, changes color and grows horns. Just becomes a and wolf. you're just like, what? I know, right? That'd be dope, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be dope. All right, let's rock on over to Ryan Holiday. This guy, I know you've read his books, or at least one of them. Uh, I have one of them. I think the same one, right? The ego. What's the ego e- one? Ego is the enemy. Yeah, it came out in I think like 2017. Great book. I would definitely recommend that book. And now, after listening to him, I uh, I'm definitely going to get a few more of his books. I didn't realize he had written so many, dude. That what a smart dude for what? He's like 35. He, dude, he was excellent on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you can—I smart. haven't heard him on other things, but you can tell that it's not just about how smart he is. It's like well spoken. He had examples almost all the time. Anytime Joe contradicted him, which he got him a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, with you know, oh, that doesn't quite line up with me. But he took it well. He didn't try and defend it. He was just like, oh yeah, no, that's yeah, that kind of makes sense. And then he would just go into whatever his point was as well yeah um totally good listener good good listener and speaker i liked him i liked him a lot he was excellent and great i mean he's the kind of person i could listen to a bunch i could imagine like him you know i i often think of that like people do those speaking tours you know like jordan peterson will do them and like ben shapiro goes around and does it and i often wonder like who of those people, if they came to town, would I care to go see? That's not really my cup of tea anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like Ted 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 Talks could be in town, and I probably wouldn't go to him. I just feel like it would be pretty stuffy, a lot of waiting around, and just I wouldn't care that much. Um, but he's someone I would go listen to. I'd be curious to hear what he had to say, and I just like his style of communication. It was pretty good. He didn't sound like a false, you know, self-help guru guy to me. No, not at all. I mean, I think he, you know, being the stoic, I mean, he obviously is obsessed with, you know, um, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus, um, all these old, 
you know, older, kind of philosophical, but also, you know, I mean, rulers at the time, emperors, right? I mean, Marcus Aurelius was an emperor, but he was a very Mm -hmm. different kind of emperor. I was really interested in hearing about how much, you know, different Marcus Aurelius was compared to other emperors of that time, and if not of all time. Yeah. You know, it just seems so unusual to me that somebody with all that power could be so introspective. I wonder if there was a point where he's like, okay, I'm taking over from this other guy. That guy completely abused all of his power and was a complete mess and did horrible things and thought that it was okay. And then they kind of trapped themselves because, like, once you become pretty terrible, it's probably hard to change it. And... And somehow he steps into that role and says, no, I'm going to be kind of hard-lined in the other direction. It's not to say he didn't have fun and, like, allow that power to give him luxuries and other things. But he it seems like he was, like, very careful about how he oriented himself in that space. And I... Other than the motivation of, like, ultimately it's, like, the right thing to do and will probably result in you behaving the best possible way you could i don't know what the motivation would be Uh, you know it's almost like catching the catching the train instead of taking a private jet somewhere you know when you see those videos of like keanu reeves uh, on the underground on the tube in new york and like gives up his seat for people and you're like why doesn't he have like a limo driving him around because keanu just chooses not to fucking awesome um i i would say i I mean this is this is my personal opinion here but just like abraham lincoln they talked about abe honest abe they talked about teddy roosevelt i mean these these people are just different man they come around every once in a while he obviously had a different thought he was more of a go-giver he, you know, he had a lot of strife happen. I mean, the poor guy lost seven kids. Can, yeah, Jesus. I mean, that had to have changed his perspective on life just a little bit, you'd think. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know the timeline on, on losing those children, but, I mean, good God, just losing one kid, I can't even, I can't even fathom that. I imagine losing seven. I know times were different. What was this in... AD one or AD fifteen hundred or is it one fifty? Oh, like one fifty. AD one fifty. Yeah, I mean F- we're talking 1500 about is like Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm way off. Yeah, AD one fifty. I mean, back then people were dying <laughs> left and right, right? I mean, but seven kids—that's just crazy. Yeah, so maybe that was part of that, or <clears throat> maybe he started this process earlier and just kind of knew to tap into this. I don't really know. I mean, he had an asshole kid, so it doesn't all work out. I mean, maybe you become so understanding and thoughtful that your kids can just, like, take advantage of you and still vie for the power and corruption in the same way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to know. Like, it's a rough one, too, because, like, even Joe said, like, I wonder... He goes, it is weird that, like, uh, these great people that existed had terrible kids, and then Ryan was like, yeah, maybe they're busy and they don't get to spend time with their kids. Right. I don't know. Maybe both of those are right, but also maybe it's just that, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you just get bad kids. I mean, I don't want to believe that if you 
develop this really compassionate way of thinking, it, it often also leads to you having terrible kids. That is like, well, wait a second then. Well, what is the best way to behave? Should the book be called Be a Little Bit Like a Stoic, but not too much, <laughs> otherwise your kids are assholes? I mean, when when he said that, I, I thought of, you know, the the schedule of somebody that important. I mean, you have to make time for your children. If you don't, then you might end up with a little asshole. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you make time for your kids when you're an emperor? I don't know. Never been an emperor. But I'm sure it's not that yeah, easy. No, you got to outsource some stuff for sure. But you got to put the time aside. I mean, look at the shit that Joe does. Three jobs, always on the go. And even when people ask him, like he said, he was talking to his mom. And his mom said, Joe, you're always so busy. And he's like, Mom, it's a bit of a trick. Like, one, I enjoy it. And I think he has, like, his quote-unquote non-negotiables. He's like, yeah, in the morning, I drive my kids to school. Like, there is no contract, no amount of money, and no obligation that will get in that way. It's like he carves it out, and it's not like it necessarily gets in the way of these other things that he needs to do to be successful. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Marcus Aurelius was just a lazy Lazy dude. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is uh, our assumption. We're like, the, yeah, you should have worked harder. I thought the 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 really one of the best quotes I heard from Ryan was um well, well it wasn't from Ryan. It was he was quoting Epic, Epictetus um saying that the chief task in life is separating things that are in your control from what's outside your control. And I thought that was just brilliant. And it goes into so much of what we see today of like all this shit news that we watch and the social media and it's like choose what you can control and it it's such a simple thing that will absolutely make you feel so so much better right and, oh, and it takes constant reminder too it's like you'll hear something on the news and you'll let it bug you all day and it, and it really does take a moment to be like there is nothing I can do about this right now. And now all it's done is like creep into your life, bug you, change your like mood while interacting with everybody that you interact with that day. And you're like, oh, the only thing I can actually change or control is like how I come into every space. You know, whether it was with your wife or your kids or your patients with others or even strangers that you meet. And... It does. It, it, it like it's so difficult to remind you of that. I lo- I like to get worked up about shit I read all the time, and it's like this has no bearing on my life. Yeah, you can't Why control it. Why am I even bothered about this? Uh-uh. Right, and it, and it was he was saying I can't remember if it was Joe or Ryan was saying that, um, you know, you're avoiding your own personal struggles by watching the news, and you're basically starting fires with other shit that you cannot control and you're just like you you feel like you're in control by watching the news or you feel like you're you know helping in some sort of weird way even though you're not and it's like taking up all this time and energy when really all these things are out of your control and you're avoiding your own personal struggles i i really related to that a lot because i try so hard not to get too worked up over the over the news maybe ignorance is bliss in some 
circumstances in some you know because people like to people like to say that they're being they're like no no it's grown up and it's responsible and you want to be well informed and that's that's like the quotation i'm not sure about because i'm like wait a second how informed are you because how much of this do you know to be truthful and fact like you weren't there you didn't gather the information obviously we have to outsource some of it because you can't you can't only gather all your information yourself on a global scale. That would be impossible. So you got to find some trusted sources. But too much of that is going on to where you, you just do see, like we all have friends like this, where they're worked up about something. They want to tell you all about it. They're like, that needs to change. That's annoying. And then you look at them and you're like, dude, you missed work twice this week. Your house is a mess. Right. Like you didn't go to the gym. It's like, you're not even taking care of yourself. How are you planning on, like, saving something on the other side of the world? This doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and it's all such clickbait. I mean, they were talking about how everything is such clickbait journalism nowadays that it doesn't even, it, it doesn't even it account or, or it, it doesn't even count for as news in my mind. It's not even news. It's just fucking clickbait. And it gets you to click mm-hmm. on it, and you you read it a five minute thing, and most people won't even read the whole thing anyways, and it just gets people worked up. I and mean, that's the point of it. And this is a new thing. And you know, they were talking about that book um, from the eighties. It was called "Abuse Ourself to Death." Do you remember that? How the TV was like mm-hmm. social media back then. I- I'd like to get a- yeah. my hands on that book because that that was interesting to me to just. Every every society, you know, every generation, basically, we have this new form of media, whether it was the printing press back in the day or then it's the TV and now it's Internet and social media. There's always something. So there's got to be, you know, there's a good and a bad to that, right? I mean, there's... It's all. Yeah. There's always something I, well, that we can bitch about, but there's. I feel like you nowadays think these it's things a come different. in cycles. Yeah, yeah. But it, people like to do that. They like to say, "Oh, this is new," and this just happened. And but they even brought up about how they used to sell newspapers when it was like you know, extra extra read all about it. Times it was like getting your attention as you get off the train. You've got four choices and these young kids selling these newspapers mm-hmm. and, you know, they had to have like kind of like clickbaity bit headlines to get you to buy them. It wasn't until the subscriptions came in and then, you know, the Wall Street Journal knew they had 20 million people every week buying this that they could just do stories that weren't as um, clickbaity in a sense. Like they weren't as... Yeah, the headlines um, weren't as catchy. I get it. Yeah, because they were like, well, they're reading anyway. And then once that faded out, it was back to the internet, and now it, they got to do it again. It's like whatever grabs your attention, and it's always the scariest thing. And so often we've seen it where it's like you read the article, it's like broccoli will kill you, and you read it, and it's like if you eat four pounds of it and don't chew. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> Why did I even read this? Like, duh. So, but I just wasted five minutes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, again, you you're wasting your time on something that's out of your control, Adam. You shouldn't do that. <clears throat> I know, but I get bored. Well, and I think I want to be informed. 
I think it might be something I'll talk about in the podcast, and all I do is just get another shitty example of like, damn it. Well, that's what, what we should talk about is the amount of books that uh, that Ryan gave to Joe at the end there. I mean, how awesome was that? He Wasn't gave him that like great? Twelve books or something. It was so great. Rad. I I wrote um, a list down of a few of them that I want to read, and you know, he he had the Art of War, or excuse me, the War of Art on there. Stephen Pressfield. That's that's my homie. Um, Legend. But also, I mean, meditations. They talked about that you know, throughout the entire podcast, which I have not read by Marcus Aurelius. And they talked about the version that was, um, you know, the English version that the translated version that was more modern. I can't remember the name on Mm -hmm. that one. It was, it was like a Richard something. Um, the Teddy Roosevelt thing was badass. What was, what was he saying about Teddy? I have this written down here. Um, oh yeah, he went down like some river in the Amazon or something. Yeah, he was like the first dude that documented going down the river in in the Amazon. Yeah, if if you guys want book that full it. book list too, go to the Instagram page Jerry Companion. Joe often puts it in his stories, and it's a great Instagram. But they they have like a on their page they have like a slideshow of all the books that ryan recommended which is a really cool uh thing resource just for like having them all in one place yeah that game the genghis khan book was in there i don't know if it's a biography about genghis khan um god he had a ton well didn't he say he owned a bookstore so that like um i think if he didn't own a bookstore that would have been a bit much i would have been like all right dude like you're trying to educate rogan like slow down but the fact that he's such an avid reader and i trusted what he was saying about the books just because of how he was speaking the whole time uh i like i'm really keen like i i think that that list of books if you can get through i don't know I don't know how long that would take. It was like 12 books, but maybe a couple of years. It would probably really improve your life for sure. I mean, I trust the guy, dude. He was wearing an Iron Maiden shirt under his blazer. Um, we're, we're buddies. <laughs> yeah. We're buddies. Yeah, that, that was that was him showing that he's cool, but also <laughs> smart. Good good dress code. He obviously thought about that. I love that they played my favorite British comedy sketch of all time. Oh, God. Are We the Baddies? I knew you would love that one. Well, Mitchell and Webb really was... I mean, back in the day, we've had some really good comedy sketch shows in England, but it's very, like, English style. It's hard to sometimes relate it over to uh, American audiences, like, showing my friends. Like, sometimes they get it. Sometimes they're missing something through a bit of the change in translation, I guess you could say. Totally. uh, Mitchell and Webb has some great skits. They used to have all of their show on Netflix, but it's gone now. But the... That baddies one is just brilliant. I mean, it's just such a good, hilarious eye-opener to, like, perspective. You know, we can often think we're on the right side of things, and it's not till you take a really humble step back, which kind of, honestly, almost no one does in a lot of ways because it just takes so much awareness. But, I mean, just brilliant. Skulls on your cap, skulls everywhere, and they still didn't realize they were the bad guys. That was a good. That was a Amazing. good skit. That was a good skit. What did mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, right at the end there, he was talking about Jimmy Carter, who, as oh, a yeah. president, you know, he was he was what in the military academy. They said he graduated 
what at like 38 years old i think and then he was was it he, he was getting offered a job somewhere or he was at a job interview and i wrote this down about the guy that he was interviewing with he must have been some colonel or something some some dude high up in ranking um asked jimmy carter did you do your best and he and he said you know well no i probably could have done better and the guy just walked out of the out of the room there's something to be said about that like did you leave anything on the table right like that's such a huge thing like if we can only do our best that's all you can do yeah and but but when you when you're like let's say you're you have a job or you're in an office space or whatever and you know you're in the top like two or three percent just having that information could be enough for you to like just chill out a bit and maybe that chilling out is useful maybe you've got other areas of your life you need to balance and bring some attention to but maybe it's not that maybe it just really is an excuse to kind of be a bit lazy and a bit sloppy in some areas and this colonel that walked out is like all i'm looking for is people that no matter what no even if they placed a hundred which is like way behind where jimmy carter was if they said i did my best Mm -hmm. like every day always it's like that drive is actually more important It, it was a cool message i mean i it makes you think right yeah i mean no matter if you like your job or not, if you do your best, at least you can feel good about it, I guess is what I got out of it. Yeah. Or go do something that you are more inspired to do your best in. Like maybe it also meant that maybe that's not what you should have been doing, Jimmy Carter, because you didn't put it your all in. So go find that. And obviously he became president, so it worked out for him. I do appreciate his honesty, though. You know, being like, eh, mm-hmm. I could have I could have done a little bit better. You know, we could all do a little bit better. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, that's it for this week. It was a it was a, a combination of the wildest podcast with some of the most thought provoking ones too. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it too, and we look forward to whoever the hell we have next week. What is it now? It's Tuesday. We haven't had any releases, but. I feel like he needs to get Elon back on pretty soon. Come on, baby. We, we gotta, we, yeah, we gotta get caught up. We need. I want some of Elon's input into like what's happening with the economy, with the oil, like what the heck is is going on right now. Shit's too expensive. Let's get bro. Billy. Let's get Billy Gates on here. Come on, Joe. Oh, Billy, he get torn to pieces by Rogan. I would love that. It would be good. It would be good. Well, anyway. Thank you, Todd, as always, and thank you, guys. Remember to check out our website, jrreview.com, for new information and stuff popping up. And love you as always. Thanks, guys. Peace and love.